The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And thank you for joining us as we continue in the book of Ephesians. We talked last two episodes about the idea of this identity that I am saved. Uh, For as Christians, this is one of the core aspects of our identity. You see, outside of Christ, our identity has to be found in things like our job and our family and our money, our position in life, whether we have a nice house, car. These worldly things is what we find our identity in. But inevitably, you're going to find that they really can't fulfill. The moment you find something you think establishes you in a great identity, well, something else comes out better. And it's easy for us to become quite discouraged if we find ourselves in an identity that is shaky. And so as Christians, we we don't go back and find our identity in our job and things like that. There's great value in those things, but our identity needs to be found in Christ and in Christ alone. Then we can build on that. Simply the point is, if everything in my life falls apart, Christ is still there. I'm still loved, I'm still valuable. And so it starts with understanding salvation. So we start with the idea in verse couple, couple verses of uh, chapter 2, we talked about the idea that we are saved from our past condition. The next couple verses we talked about, we are saved because of the mercy of God. And then today we're going to look at the idea that we are saved by grace. One of the greatest deceptions and lies and debates that takes place amongst Religion. I use that term broadly. My view of that term religion, I don't like it. I think religion is a man-made system that keeps people in prison. You never know the truth. I believe not religion, but a relationship with Jesus brings salvation. But the idea across Christendom, any term, is how to get to heaven. How do you truly know you're saved? Can you know you're saved? And where do we go? How do we know when we're going to get there? Can I tell you something the Bible does tell us in 1 John? These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Salvation is something you can know. I know a lot of people say they can't. How is it that I'm right and they're wrong? It's not I'm right and they're wrong. The Bible states the truth and anybody who says differently is not right. The truth is not me. The truth is not what denomination or what religion I am. The truth is simply what God says in the Bible, the source of truth, And anybody else who says differently is wrong. They may fully believe it. They may give their entire life to it. But unfortunately, they're wrong because the Bible's what gives us the truth. And so we've talked about yesterday that salvation comes through what God has done, what Jesus has done for us, not what we do. So when we ask, how do you know for sure you're saved? That's the question. How do I get to heaven or how do I get to the the light or paradise? Any term religion uses, first of all, none of of that matters because it's all fake. How there is only, when, when life is over, there's one or two places. I either in heaven, I'm in hell. I'm not in purgatory. I'm not in a holding place. I'm either in heaven or I'm in hell. And it's over. There is no way afterwards that I can gain out of it or my family can buy me out of it. I'm either in heaven or in hell. So now I must make that decision while I'm alive in the time that I've been given. So what do I say to that? How, how do I know? Again, this is not because of my belief. It's what the Bible says. So the question comes down, how do I gain salvation? And so we're going to look at a couple verses, very simplistic. Again, if you've already been saved, it's easy to look at this verse and say, I've heard this a lot, no big deal. Let me encourage you why I really encourage you to listen today. One, 
it, it, it encourages to be encourages us to be reminded of what happened at salvation. Two, we may learn something about this passage we didn't know that might equip us in our security in God. That might equip equip us in teaching others and sharing the gospel. The more we know, the better equipped we are, the better secure we are in Christ. So look with me in Ephesians chapter two, verse number eight. All right, so he says, for he's concluding all of the things in the previous version of my past condition, what God has did, and a call comes to a head, how do I get saved? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So he starts off, with for by grace are ye saved through faith. Now please understand there's two things there, grace and faith. So the wording is important. By grace we get salvation through faith. So here's what he's saying. Grace is the term unmerited favor, or the way I can put it, is God giving us something we don't deserve. We deserve hell because of our past condition. God offers us by grace salvation. So the key that gives us salvation is grace. But through faith, Here's what he's saying. Grace is how is the fact, but I through faith must believe it. The Bible says in Hebrews that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, well, I can't touch it. I can't believe it. That is faith. You see, well, I don't know if I can follow in blind faith. Please understand the phrase blind faith is redundant. Blind, faith is blind. It's blind to the physical. My faith is not whether I can believe it. The faith is in what I put my faith in. So many times we put our faith in money and material things and it falls apart. Other people, it falls apart. But we put our faith in God. He never fails. Please understand, not in the culture's view of God. They don't even know who God is. Not in religion's view of God. They still don't know who God is. But in what the Bible describes as God. The verses, just read the, if, we, if you haven't watched yesterday's episode, do it. You'll understand the God I'm talking about. God's grace. He has offered us this salvation freely, but through faith. So, I accept his grace, I believe in his grace, and then through that I put my trust in Jesus by faith. That's the only thing I have to do is enact and place my faith in him. So by his grace, I am offered salvation if I'm willing by faith to believe it. Then he says something very important in the second half of verse 8. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So he, he states of the fact that there's nothing you can do because salvation's a gift. And I love the fact you use the word gift. He does it again in Romans. The word gift is simply the way we see it today. If someone buys you a gift for your birthday, for an anniversary, for Christmas, they give you something. It's something that might have been at great cost to them, but free to you. It's something that they may have to sacrifice financially to purchase, but to you, it's free. Why? Because they are showing you how valuable you are to them by spending their money on you. The gift of salvation is not free. It is an extremely valuable gift that was a great cost, and that is Jesus giving his life and blood upon the cross to die, to go to the grave, and be resurrected three days later. That was not cheap. It was not free. He endured massive punishment for us because of our sin. It deser he, our sin deserved it. He took our place. The gift was not free. It is extremely valuable, extremely expensive. So someone wants to say this is a cheap version of salvation. They don't understand the idea of a gift. A gift is valuable. He says, it is a gift of God. 
and that verse, not by myself. I didn't earn it. It's a gift of God. Then he explains why it can't be a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. God doesn't want us to get to heaven and brag on ourselves. And if we can work our way to heaven, I mean, good night. Think about this. How many religious people find themselves valuable by their own value of religion? I'm good because I do good. Well, I'm, I'm worst of all, my good doesn't make me good. Good works doesn't do it. Good works are things I should do. I am good because of God. Because God saw good in me and he loved me and he's made me good. I and myself can never be good. I know that. So I come to God, he makes me good. The world shows us that in our own selves, when we're left to ourselves, we're horrible. I am good because God gave me good. And so if I earn my way to heaven, man, it's going to be one arrogant place. I don't want to be in a place like that. But I get to heaven because of salvation. We mentioned yesterday, you can't get there because you have to be perfect. So I can't earn my way. I can, my good can never outweigh my bad. It's impossible. It only takes one bad thing to not be perfect. So I'm not perfect. And so I would boast. Then he says, here's what happens. I get saved. And this is what is developed. Verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We were created by God. His workmanship, his design, his, his hands were placed and he created us in Christ Jesus unto good works. Notice he does not save there because of good works or by good works. We didn't gain any of this by this. We were saved unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So he says we are created by God unto good works. We didn't do good works to get salvation. Salvation develops in us the ability to do good works. Let me tell you. A lot of times when people do good today, they do it to be seen, or they do it to get a tax write-off, or they do it because everybody should do some level of good. And, and while I say they have a really good intention, a lot of times part of them is what they can get from it. When we get, when we get saved unto good works, it changes our motive. You know, I give to my church so that my church can reach people in our community and across the globe with hope, with nothing in return. I want nothing in return from it. Because I'm investing in eternity. I'm investing in Christ, and that's what we're striving for. And so your motives change unto good works. My point is, before salvation, our good works can be tainted. When we have Christ in our life, there's a motive to the good works that completely changes because God wants it to happen. We view the world and everything differently. So we were saved and created unto good works so that when we get saved, we walk in them. Salvation's not by works. It brings good works. The Bible tells in James, faith without works is dead. My faith will develop that. Salvation is not anything I can earn. It's not by my goodness. It's by God's grace. The only thing I have to do is recognize that I'm a sinner, repent of my sin, and then by faith, accept that gift. Put my faith in Jesus. You see, this sounds way too easy. Well, yeah, for me it is because Christ has already done the hard part. Have you done that? Have you put your faith in Jesus? You know, if you, if you want to look something up, Go and read Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 walks people through the steps and how you can know for sure you're saved. If you recognize you're a sinner and you want to call upon Jesus, read Romans 10. Um, 9, 10, and 11, and 12, and 13 really kind of give you the answers right there. But read Romans 10. It's powerful. It explains all of it right there. If you have questions, please feel free to reach out to us. BenSalemBaptist.org has all of our connection information. If, if you're a Christian, be reminded of the great goodness of God. Keep going forward. He loves us no matter what. He, he is, he's given us salvation. And may we allow that to change us more and more into his image. Thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning. Wonderful privilege to be together. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you keep your eyes on Jesus. And we hope you join us again tomorrow. God bless.